This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, good evening, everyone. Hope you had a good winter break. Um, let's, uh, let's push on a little bit. And I'd like to develop a train of thought that we were discussing um, before, before the winter. And we've been speaking about Avodah Shabbat the idea that Tfila Min HaTorah is this experience of Avodah Shabbat and what it really means, especially as we previously, our last, our last share on this topic, was talking about the whole concept of Kavana. And we saw famously, that there are two aspects of Kavana. There's this idea of being Omed Lifne HaMelech, which is a level of consciousness of being aware that you're standing in the presence of the infinite creator and sustainer of heaven and earth. And there's also the Perish Amilos as well, the Perish Amilim, knowing what the words mean. And minimally, you need to have kavana in the first bracha of the Pirish Amilos. But certainly, you need to be aware that you're engaged in an act of prayer, an act of connection, an act of tefillah in front of the Rabbi Shalom. However, there's a much deeper level that I'd like to explore, and that is this idea of Avodah Shabbat which is, as I said, this is the way that the Torah says we're meant to start. Okay, so again, we go back to our Gemara. Desanya, la'avay des Hashem, la'avas Hashem alekechem, to love Hashem your God, of the b'chol vavchem, to serve with all your heart. Ezoi hi avay des Shabbalev. The Torah just told me, serve Hashem with all your heart. How do you serve Hashem with all your heart? Havyay mezut filah. Says Rav Yaakov Emden in the Siddur, in his comments on the Siddur. Machshava v'kavanas halev. Thought and intent of the heart. Im omnam there's an external element and there's an internal element. Both of them go hand in hand. First and foremost, right, you've got to think about the meaning of the words. With your full intellectual capacities as much as you can plumbing the depth of the meaning of the words according to your understanding. But there's another level. Attaching your thoughts to the king, to your king. From whom your hope comes. Your hope, your hopes uh, come from him. He is all-powerful. And he has the ability, he's the only one that has the ability to fulfill that which you require and that which you want. Okay, and this says the Baal Shem Tov, is um, is this idea of kind of switching on the lights in Tefillah? Meaning what? He actually says something amazing. That even if a person doesn't fully understand the words, or even if a person can't pronounce the words, you understand. The time of the Baal Shem Tov, he had many, many holy, holy, highly ignorant Jews who would come to shul. They were illiterate or various levels of literacy. And they couldn't read properly. But they learned from the Rebbe's how to daven with energy, with passion, with meaning. Even though all they really understood was they were talking to Hashem and they didn't even know what the words meant and they couldn't even understand them properly. And they couldn't even read the words properly. The Baal Shem Tov says that even such a tefillah can cause tremendous light to come from those words. How so? Um, I actually did some babysitting for, for some people last night 
We had two little kids staying over. And we don't have any kids that young anymore. But it was amazing because the one little ones, you know, some of the words you understood what she says, another was just babbling. And I'm not the kid's parent, but I know as a parent, there's something very precious and very beautiful about a child babbling. I'd say more than that. I have a child who, until the age of two, couldn't hear a thing. The first two years of his life was unable to hear, which meant there was no pre-speech. Any of you teach little kids or have any involvement with kids, all the babbling of little children, gaga, goo, goo, ba, 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 is really, really important. Because if you don't do that, then you're never going to get to the intelligent speech, mama, papa, da, da, you know, when they start associating words with things. If you live in a world that is completely silent, you miss out on all of that pre-speech. So having a child that never had that and then having to teach him to speak when his brain was missing all of those neural connections taught us how precious the pre-speech, the babbling, the gurgling, the all that stuff, all the cute sounds that kids make, how important that is and how precious that is as parents. You know, subsequent kids, and you realize, Baruch Hashem, you know, they're making those pre-speaking babbles. It's incredibly precious to the parents. This is the Baal Kodesh. When Yidin babble to him, that Kodesh Baruch is incredibly precious to Hashem. They might not know how the words mean. They might not know how to say the words. It's still incredibly special and precious. Why? Because the child communicating with the parent. It's a very beautiful idea. But we're not going for that. We're not going for that. Because we're going, we want to have the maximum experience in Trilla. That's a minimal experience. And it's very beautiful. The person comes to shul. They read what they're saying. They open a siddur. They can't really read. And then there's something, there's a beautiful, wonderful, precious limutzchus. And it's, it's just important. The reason why I said that is because it's important to contextualize. We're, we're trying to aspire for the full package deal when we're diving it. That doesn't mean we should look down on people who can't do that. Absolutely not. And that doesn't mean that we should feel like a thriller is worthless, even if we don't get there. But what I'm trying, what I'm trying to share is kind of the lechatchila package of how to put all the elements together. So this is something that we grow in. It's something that we develop. And it's something that we can enjoy. And therefore, you really have to have all those things together. Consciousness and awareness that you're speaking to Hashem. And understanding according to your ability of what the words mean. And then this element, which we've called there, Tfilah Behispailus. Hitpa'alut in modern Hebrew. To be misparful something means there's energy, there's a spark, there's passion. So really, if we had to call this anything, this is how to engage in passionate prayer. Tfilah Behispailus. Putting energy into the words, putting feeling, putting fervor. And I'll explain why that's so important. Because if you know what the words mean and you're missing that passion, you're clearly not doing what the Torah says. The fact that the Torah itself calls it Leiv is the, the, the seat and the source of all passion. So thrill is meant to be a passionate experience. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Let me explain it a little bit more. Um, 
In fact, the Panim Yafais, Panjus Vayechi says something shocking. Look at this. Va'af im mevin perish hamilos. Even if you know what the words mean. Im aim mechavan libay l'shamayim koro. If you don't direct your heart to heaven as you should. Einai ela kaloymed esat fila v'lekim espalo. It's as if you're learning the words but not davening. Which is a wild thing to say. Meaning, you're saying Kriyashma. How are you saying it? Shema Yisrael, Hashem Alekinah, Hashem Echad. And you're touching it, you're translating it, as one should here. Yisrael, Hashem is our God, Hashem is the one and only. If you're just translating it, so you just learned a piece of Chumash, you're Femad. But you didn't daven. You didn't daven. Krishma, just as an example, just because it's straight up sukkim from the Torah, is meant to be a transformative experience. You're meant to have a deeper hakara, hakara of Hashem after you finish saying it than you did before. That doesn't just come from saying the words, from knowing what they mean and reading the next word and moving on and moving on and moving on. That's what Avodah Shabbat is. And Hagam, then it's really said by Tfila, which Tfila itself means a Shemayi Of course we extend that to the entirety of Davani. Whether it's to Bechaz HaShachah, whether it's to, to Korbanos or Pesachit Zimra, Bechaz Kriyashma, the Shema itself, Shema and whatever else comes afterwards. Just saying the words, knowing what they mean, is not going to be transformative. It's just like learning. Well, the learning isn't transformative, but it's, you're learning, you're not davening. It's funny, ironically, in yeshivas, when a person reads through a daf Gemara, uh, reads the daf, it's called they daven the daf. They davened it. They didn't learn it and understand what it means. It kind of works the other way too. I davened through daf yomi. That doesn't mean you did daf yomi during davening. It means you read it as if you were kind of saying asher. Anyway. It's just sad that it probably comes from the idea of us davening. Pasha, of course it does. Of course it does, right? So what that means is that learning and davening are two very different experiences. Learning is an intellectual experience, davening is an emotional experience. If you take an emotional experience and turn it into an intellectual experience, you missed so much. That's Avodah Shabbat an emotional experience. Don't take an emotional experience and make it intellectual. And you, you miss you miss the point, right? And and, and again, Hakadosh Baruch created us with a lave, a lave basar, a heart of flesh, and the Torah is very clear about that. And we're meant to have emotions in our lives. We're meant to have passion in our lives. Imagine if you love your child intellectually but not emotionally. Imagine that, what would that feel like? It wouldn't feel like anything. I know what it would look like, but it would probably come out grotesque. You can't love someone intellectually. <coughs> you can intellectually know that they're a wonderful person, they're a good person, everything else. But, but, but love, is meant to be an emotional experience. You're meant to feel it. Relationships are felt. They're not just understood. So it's meant to be. Learning is intellectual experience. Now again, I'm not saying there isn't an emotional attachment to learning. Of course there is. But the primary key that we use for our learning is our intellect. You're meant to use the intellect to the best of your abilities when you learn. But when you daven, 
even though you need to know what the words mean, the goal is not to have an intellectual experience of tefillah. The goal is to have an emotional experience. Now the truth is I'm in a very, very, very difficult position. Because how am I meant to communicate that to you? I can talk about it, I can talk about it, I can talk about it. I can talk around it and around it and around it. But, but unless you've ever had it, it's like describing colours to a blind person. Because it's, I, can't just, I cannot express adequately my feelings to you. Because they're my feelings. And they can't really be expressed in words because they're feelings. So I can try my best. But it's only, there, there comes a point where words actually aren't going to do it. And we'll see why this is going to be very important. There comes a point where words actually aren't adequate at all. Because ultimately words are not very good vehicles for expressing feelings. Okay, look at this. I mean, if you, you don't need me to tell you, it's, it's, it's Pasha straight out of the Navi. The, uh, the Navi is Shaya. Okay, it says, These people have come close in prayer. They are, um, they are honoring me with their mouth, with their lips. But their hearts are very far from me. Their fear of me, I see, Mitzvahs anashim limada, a phrase you probably heard many times before, like going through the motions. And on this, the Malvin says, Malvin says the following, that people really think, or people thought, that you can get close to Hashem just through doing actions, just by going through the motions. As long as I tick the box, I went through the motions, then I'm going to get close to Hashem. Why? Because maybe they were taught that way. They're obedient people. This is the way they were brought up. This is the way their parents taught them to do what the parents taught them to do. This is what their teachers taught them to do. This is what their rabbim taught them to do. They were basically conditioned into a certain mode of behavior. But actually they've pushed Hashem out of the picture. They go through the motions and they dub them three times a day, every single day. But they do it because they were conditioned to. You know, Balabatim. You know, it's a wonderful thing. They come to Shul. Why did they come to Shul every morning? Because the fathers came to Shul every morning. And there's something beautiful about that. But unless they make it their own, they're missing so much. It's just missing the passion. It's missing the spark. It's missing the energy. And essentially what you're left with is a cultural form of orthodoxy. Cultural Judaism. Even you can, you can be very, very from... Very, 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 very from. And just do it because it's your culture. Just because you were brought up that way. With every khumra And every hidur. And only eating from the most restrictive of and um, finest of ikhshayrim. And doing every mitzvah with all of its details and dikdukim and hidurim. But you're just doing it because you were brought up that way. Because you were conditioned to. That's what the Malbim is talking about. Mitzvahs are nashim lomada. You do it by rote. Piv v'svasav kibduni v'libay rachamimani. Or as the Gemara will tell us, rachamana libaboy. Kodesh Baruch wants our heart. The end of the day. Mount said this before Ni'ila. Zerbeinu b'achia in Kadakemach. It goes through the Hosek in Shir Hashir. It goes through Darshan's so I think it's a medrash we don't have. It goes through every um, piece of a pasuk in Shir Hashirim. 
And they refer to the different tefillas of Yom Kippur. And it ends off with Al Kapay Samano, which was a hand on the lock. Okay, so it's a possible in Shashim, it doesn't matter. And Al Hamanul, the lock, is obviously the tefillah of Nila. I said, there's only one lock to which Hashem does not have the key. And that's the lock on your heart. Hashem can't open that one for you. He can't do it for you. You have to do it yourself. No one else can open your heart for you. You have to do it yourself. Not parents, not teachers, they can try. But the only person that ultimately has the key is you. Hashem certainly can't do it for you. And that's what the Malbim saying. That is perhaps the biggest problem that from people face. Doing things out of habit because we were conditioned to, because we were brought up with it. And there's something very beautiful and wonderful about it. Because if we weren't brought up doing mitzvahs, we wouldn't know how to do it. It's very, very hard to come to Shemiras, Torah, mitzvahs later in life without having the background, the Giris, the Yankas, the, the supportive environment or whatever. It's very, very hard. But the flip side of that is it is so easy to go through the motions. A friend of mine, yeah, Lenny and Kyle, has been as man. And there was a young, young, young post bar mitzvah boy, Yerushalmi, davening from the Ahmed. And he was mamish, davening from the Ahmed was such, such, such a snowy, mamish, mamish like this, with real, real his pilots. And my, uh, my friend who was davening was very taken by this little Yerushalmi bach and really wondered, you know, is it for real? Is he going through the motions? No judgment, just on the tinner. And suddenly there was like something happened at the back of the base manager, and this boy was davening. And as he's kind of looking around, seeing what's going on, he's like still going, you know, still going like this with his arms, going through the motions. Okay, he's a kid, he's learning. It's not condemning him. It was just, it was just interesting to note. They tell the story of a, you know, rebbers. There's a certain rebber, doesn't matter who, what, where. Certain rebbers don't daven with the tzibur, they daven in a special room by themselves. Daven sheep, daven by themselves. And in the early Hasidim, they used to tell a story about a rebbe. I don't know if it's true or not true, it doesn't matter. Hasidim, my sister, doesn't matter. Right, about a Rebbe who used to daven with a lot of kavana in his own private room. Yeah. And he hears, uh, you know, there's a noise at the door. And he might much realise it's the chassidim that are just standing outside the door wanting to hear what tefillah really is like. So he's just davening and davening and, ay, yeah, 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 and mamish, a krechs, and a, davening with every, all the noise and all the kavana. And so the chassidim must be getting so much nachas and just such a, such a gewalt of zach. Every single day he's just scratching at the door. The Hasidim are clamoring to hear the Rabbi Davin eventually. You know, one day, the Rabbi decides to open the door to greet the Hasidim and he sees a cat there. So all these days, Davin to a cat. <laughs> so you can go through the motions. You can go through the motions. Not the point. This is what Yeshayah and Nabi is telling us. It doesn't matter whether you're a Rebbe or whether you're a 13-year-old Bach. Everyone can go through the motions. That's what the Yitzhahara will do. Right? Pib Usfasav Kib Dini. Be real. Go from rote to real. A daven should be a real experience. A passionate experience, a meaningful experience, an enjoyable experience. That's what it's meant to be. That's what Yeshua Anav is telling us. So then you get to some uh, just remarkable, remarkable. Again, a lot of this we're drawing from the Chassid Shatayras, but again, Chaznish was no Chassid, so I think it'll come up here too. But you do see a lot of this, to be fair and correct, a lot of this Avoida and Avoida Satvila is found in the Chassid Shasvarim. <coughs> right there, that's where the real emphasis is placed on the Avoida Satvila, according to the Baal Shem Tov before, 
and certainly amongst them. This, this, this is where, if you want to look for it, the place to find it is in the Hasid Shesvayim. So the Marva Shamesh, in Barashas and Solans, is something just astonishing. Look at this. V'ika, apologies if there's a, this typo, so it happens. V'ika avoidas Hashem, I think you should say. Esilasehu balef. Actually, is in your heart. As I was saying before, words are really limiting. The more than the uh, the mouth can say, the more than the mouth can articulate, the um, the heart can think, the heart can feel. You know, that's why poetry is much more expressive than prose. You're writing on half lines. As if to say, there's so much more that I want to say, but I can't because words are so limiting, so you're out on half lines. Even more expressive than that is when you put the, um, the half lines to music. Because you add a whole new dimension. Music doesn't have words. A song has words. You put, when you put music to words, you create a song. So you take half lines in poetry and you put poetry to words then essentially what you've got is you've got a song which is far more expressive than just reading something. Right? Potentially even more, more expressive than that is a song with no words. That's why in Chassidim Sinigun, it's not just for fun. It allows you to be alone with your thoughts and allow the Neshama to sort of the highest levels. That, by the way, is a Torah for Shabbat Shira. Right? That's why the Torah is called a Shira. That's why the Torah emphasizes Shira. That's why if you look in the Sefer Torah, how Shira's Hayam and Shira's Ha'azinu are written, there's tons of white space. Right, I've got a thing here, tickling here, but the, um, the, um, the, it's written, it's written as brickwork, okay, in the Torah itself, with loads of white space, to give you time to pause, to reflect, all the unsaid words, that literally cannot be expressed by words, you know, when you're with someone, someone you're very close to, there are times where you just don't have to use words, it's just a comfortable silence, because you can communicate so much more without words, than with words, and this is what the Marva Shamash is saying, that more than the mouth can articulate, the heart can think, and Hashem knows what you think. So really, the most powerful way of connecting is without words. However, there's a real need to daven to Hashem, and specifically articulate it with your mouth. Why? This is wild. The reason why we daven with words is to inspire other people to daven too. If you daven silent, you know, else will get, know what's going on. Really, 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 davening should be a completely silent experience with no words. The problem is, no one else would ever be inspired to do likewise because they wouldn't see you doing anything. They'd just see you having your spiritual moment. But in reality, right? <laughs> No one can learn from me. If your whole avodas Hashem would just be to stand there in silent contemplation, allowing your neshama to express itself to Hashem in a wordless prayer, the person next to you would not have a clue what's going on, and you would never inspire anybody else. So the reason says of Hashem is why tefillah is made up of words is for you to inspire other people to love them too. You've got to daven with your mouth. So people should hear heartfelt prayer. People should hear you davening passionately and be inspired to do the same. Isn't that what Hannah was doing now? She may be. 
Maybe. I was wondering the same. She still used words. He's saying, don't use words. Really, you shouldn't use any words at all. I find that when you're thinking of Ezra and you've got the moments that you can add in your Umbakasha, so just speak in yeah. your words. Sometimes, like, when you obviously stopping and just thinking your thoughts mm-hmm. are powerful, but sometimes actually expressing those thoughts... We are, what we are, we'll see. But on a deeper, more fundamental level, your thoughts can express so much more than your words can. But you have to reach a level to be able to... You do. Be, yeah, I understand. But I'm saying, is that what it is, that you have to reach a level to be able to... We don't, we don't dive in this way. We don't daven this way. We daven with words. But he's saying in theory we shouldn't. And see how he learns a pasuk. Look at this. It's wild. Um, okay? The idea is to inspire other people. And this is pshat in the pasuk. Lacha dumya tehila. Which means to you, silence is praise. Perish ikka tehila. Lascha bedumya abamachshara. The ikka praise of Hashem is with silence and with thought. And then the next pasuk carries on. Which is what we're saying in Those who hear Tvila, all people are going to come to you. So really, the Chadum Yatila. But really, Shemea Tvila. Meaning, the purpose of people, of davening out loud, is that other people should hear it and they should come to Hashem. <coughs> which is an incredible experience. Shemea Tvila. Perish Masha Tvila. Nishmaas Mipi Aivda Hashem. The reason why Tvila is heard through Ovde Hashem is so that other people will hear and come and do likewise. And they'll come and serve Hashem be Emes. And they'll learn how to serve Hashem. Um, yeah. So if we know that we're here alone, then why can't we just start in without words? Um, the answer is, once it was, I think once it was Takanas Chazal to Davin, that way you're not Yotza. Now, I'm not saying you could, you could also do that too. You can be Mistamic to Hashem with your Machshava for sure. But Chazal Metakin, you daven this way. Right, you certainly can daven a lot more. You can certainly scream and sing and shout and dance and do whatever you want when no one, no one's there. That's Kavaldi. That during COVID, it was all Tfilibi Yechidus was amazing. You know, it, was, it was great. It was really, it was, uh, it was, it was um, special opportunity. You should know, Mashkiach of Volba, where he, um, he managed to survive the Second World War. He, he, he managed to to dodge the Holocaust by the skin of his teeth. Um, and he, he, he lived out the war years in Sweden. And um, he had been a Talmud Yeshiva Smir. It's an interesting story. So he had a very interesting life story, but not for now. Um, and he, um, it was Talmud of Rabbi Rucham. And he, um, he lived in Sweden. And he refused to daven, there was one shul, and he refused to daven in the local Orthodox shul. And he davened for eight, he, he davened for eight years, Bechidus. Anyone that did end up davening in this Orthodox shul lost their madregas of Ruchnias. They were influenced by the Kehila. They didn't remain how he remained. He said for eight years he worked on davening Bechidus. Right? So it's an amazing, amazing thing. Um... So anyway, so Chatzka Levenstein says the following. He says that the... Um, yeah. Yeah. Sure. 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 Right. says the purpose of Tvila, therefore, is to express the feelings of our heart. So he gives an example. Let's say you've got a beautiful pair of Tvila. Okay, your beautiful pair of tefillin that cost thousands and thousands of pounds, dollars, whatever. Um, but this person, when he puts on his tefillin, puts them around his leg. 
instead of around his arm. Is it Makayim? It's his tefillin. Ah, it's a beautiful pair of tefillin. You put them in the wrong place, you don't do the mitzvah. He says it's the same thing. If you daven, but there's no feeling and there's no passion, it's like putting tefillin on your leg. You have a beautiful kli. We didn't use it. You didn't put it in the right place. Because the Chaznish says, right, we've learned this Chaznish before, but, but, but it fits so much here. Even though Tfila is really a practical mitzvah, because we say it in words, that gave us a Nusach HaTfila, and they organized it, and we can't change it. And the moment we change our Nusach HaTfila, we cease to be Orthodox Jews. Really, the essence of Tfila is meant to be something intellectual or emotional. Thought, passion, feeling. If there's nothing going on in your heart, then the words of Tfila do nothing. So we've, we've encountered this part. I just want to illustrate it a little bit more. Um, yeah, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, what, what does it feel like? You know, if you, I don't know if, you, if, you know, if the languages you don't speak, let's say you don't speak Spanish. You go to Spain on holiday and you read a newspaper in Spanish. It's written in English letters, so you can read it. Means anything to you? Not much. Maybe pick out a word here or there. But it means nothing to you. Right? It's a similar kind of thing. It's what it sounds like. Right? Just really reading a thing. Well, more than that, let's say you're reading a section of the newspaper. I don't know. Let's say you're not into uh, economics and you read the, the financial section of the newspaper. It means nothing to you. Even if you know what the words mean, it means nothing to you. Until you read something that actually speaks to you, where you understand the words and it speaks to you, that's what we're trying to do here. Well, another thing, and you know, Maureen and I discussed this, but they give a marshal. Imagine you have a shtetl. I'm trying to illustrate it because I can't really express it, if that makes sense. Right, imagine you've got a shtetl. You're going back however many years, and this shtetl is a very impoverished shtetl. It's a very, um, you know, the, the infrastructure there is not particularly impressive. The education there is not very good. And therefore, the majority of people in the shtetl are illiterate. They can't read or write. And therefore, what happens? People receive letters, they receive mail. So what do they do? There's one designated person. He's the wise man of the village. And he can read. So he's, 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 he's an important person. So what happens is, all the post that gets delivered gets taken to this wise man's house, and he'll read it out to you, probably for a few copecks. Right? He'll read out the letter to you. So be I on a certain day, you know, Yankel of the tailor gets a, gets a letter. He can't read it. So he takes it to the, uh, to the Chacham, to the wise man. The wise man reads the letter. And Yankel faints. That is said, unfortunately, Yankel's father passed away. What happened? Why didn't the person reading the letter faint? Why didn't the wise man faint? He didn't have an attachment to it. Exactly. He just read it. Yankala felt it. That's what I'm talking about. Just reading the words 
without feeling the words. <coughs> says Rabbi Yerucham, Rabbi Chatzko, sorry, is like putting tefillin on your legs. Tefillin on your legs. You're missing the point. So therefore, you get to the um, the Mar of the Marinayim, the Heilige Chnabla. He says the same thing. The Ikavaydesatfila is with a complete heart. Rahmana Liba Bay Hashem wants your heart. Kiaf Ashaividas Hashem Bidiwa Mahshava, even if you serve Hashem with with uh, with words and with thoughts. There's not any of the actors on this page. So it's still on this bit at the bottom. Okay, Bidiba Mahshava Makam Makam Aina Bitsnos Halev, if you can't move your heart. Daini Shia Lev Ma'ira, the Dibura. The lev will inspire, move the the words. The yagish b'techisav, I will feel the the the, the content. Nisayra halev, k'moshim hayu danenai salchiyus laharga. Right? Imagine if a person's got a death sentence. You know they're going to put all their efforts and all their energies into the words that they say if they have got a chance to make a plea in front of the king. V'chakach, she noisin lechiyus if they give the guy his life back. Meaning, if a person realized their life was in the balance, how much would they beg? And if they were given their life back, what would they feel and how would they express their thanks? With complete energy. So even if you're thinking about the words you're saying, and this is the operative words, then you're not attached to Hashem, because Hashem wants your heart. What you see, I might have not taken out the shame of so just be careful how you dispose of this. Okay, the point is this. The Maranayim is saying that you're not davening if your heart is not moved by passion. Which means the way to daven is that the lev should be ma'ira the hergish gadol hergoshes halev. That's tefillah. That's tefillah. Feel it. Okay. He he goes on to talk about just imagine the thing that you're most passionate about, passionate about the thing that means the most to you, and then you take that passion and you plug it into tefillah. You can daven for it, or you can kind of almost kind of copy and paste those emotions to so the things that mean the most to you. Bring that emotion into your tefillah. In Caroline, they daven as if every word here is their last. They scream every word of davening. They can do that by going through the emotions as well. In fact, in fact, this little story of the uh, Caroline Chassid. Let's forget about the story. Right? Caroline, Caroline, Caroline they, they scream every word as if their last word in the world. Right? It's an old, old-fashioned uh, Chassid. Monsieur Caroline is the oldest Chassidus. And some on Ksavim, they're actually, the early Hasidim were referred to as Karlinas. Karlin is the oldest son of Aaron, a god of Karlin, who wrote Ka'echsa, one of the earliest rabbis. And they have this Nusachat filler where they scream and shout. And there was a certain Karlin of Hasid, and who ended up in a different Hasidic based Madrash, which where there was not then the Nick to, to scream. And he asked, the, he went to the rabbi, Erev Shabbos, and said, Can I. Uh, you know, I'd like to daven with with you, but you should have a kalina chassid, and uh, I'd like to scream. The rabbi said, "Tarnished. We don't daven like that over here. We don't daven like that over here. You can't." This guy's very upset. How's he going to daven? 
Kabbalah Shabbos, Marav, how's, how's he going to do without his screaming? He doesn't know what he's going to do. So he comes to Shul, he's very upset. He's very upset, he's dejected. No, he starts davening, he starts davening, he starts davening, he gets all carried away. He's carried away and just starts screaming, 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 screaming against the Rebbe's wishes. The end of the, the, end of the thriller. <laughs> he goes to, uh, to the Rebbe and he just, he's, he's so apologetic. Because he's been told he's not allowed to in his face. Fair form, you know. He's, he's been told we don't do like that over here. He's made a whole fool of himself. And he's, uh, he went to apologise to the Rebbe. And the Rebbe says to him, well, what are you apologising for? Because I screamed. So what's the problem with that? That's how, that's your Nusachat Yeah, but you said, uh, said I can't daven like that in your base madrash. So what I said was, you can't plan to daven like that. If you end up davening like that, because that's what you're feeling, because it's spontaneous, because that's your mood. Not over my mind, what a wonderful thing. But to plan, you're going to do this. Ach, that's manufactured. Your mum's taught me a say God learned filler. Thought they probably wouldn't have got back home from this other ever. You can't stage these things. You can't fake these things. It can't be cry here, jump here, clap there. It needs to be a spontaneous outpouring of his an emotional experience. You cannot force emotions. You cannot fake emotions. You can get into the zone and feel it. And that's why we, that's why we invest time as we go through davening. We're building up, we're building up, we're building up, we're building up, we're building up. Through all of Psyche Zimra, we're building up. Right? You, you hit a crescendo and you hit a high point. And Benson, the, the Tzachachav, the Shemi Shemul, says the same thing. It's amazing. The Gemara and Brachos. How is it Kev? If you make your your tefillah fixed, then it's not Tachnunim. Right. So what does that mean? The Gemara says Tefillas Kev is you're not Machadish anything in Davni. Okay. What does Kev mean? Says Rashi. Kayim can ask more bedichedish. Meaning you Daven on a Tuesday, they say where you Daven on Monday. If you Daven, if your tefillah is the same, then it's not Tachnunim. You know, it's not. It's not really going you know, to hit the spot. So one second, says the Shem, says the Sachat Shavar Rabbi the One second, if you're asking people to be mechadish in Tefillah every time, then you're really you're really setting the bar very high because most people don't know how to be mechadish something in davening. There's a certain special yid. They once had this chassid meeting. Had notebooks, and he was he would challenge himself to be mechadish something in davening every single Tefillah. He used to write down. After every tefillah in his little notebooks, he's going through notebook, notebook, notebook. If something was mechadish in every tefillah, yeah, it's definitely a way to go. It's possible. Fachat every day. Right? But I'm saying that most people can't do this. Okay? Vadaish mechavanim berish amilas halavai, 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 says the Sacha Java. Halavai, that people kule have it like, like you wish you could be mechavan in tefillah the whole way through. For a mikram of furish, Hashem and Achen will call anyway, love. But what do you mean? What if a person isn't mechadish in davening, then the tefillah is worth nothing? So says the the Shemishmul. There's a big distance between your head and your heart. To be a dear samach in menenu mechadish bedava, when it comes to something intellectual, if you didn't add anything. And the way that you know things today is the way you knew things yesterday. So that's called keva. Fine. So some people can be mechadish intellectually, some people can't. 
Ach, but Indian, his pilots for regish halev. But when you're talking about your emotions and the way that you feel, even if you did it yesterday, you're not the same person you were yesterday. And therefore, you're his pilots is because this is the way you feel right now. Of course, I feel differently every single day. So what you're meant to be, Mechadish in Tefillah, is not an intellectual understanding of what the words mean, even though that's wonderful. It's more of a sense of passion, of desire, of closeness that you're experiencing during davening. That will be different every day. Because you're a different person. You've gone through different things. You're in a different emotional state. He's saying the Chadish of what you're meant to be, Mechadish in Tefillah, is your emotional state when you daven. That can change every day. Right? Why? Because, let's say you davened yesterday with lots of energy and enthusiasm. Then davening finished and you cooled down. So now you're starting again, and that's a chiddush. Your emotional state is always a chiddush, even if your intellectual state is not. It's not possible to manufacture the same emotional state day after day after day. You're a different person, different circumstances. It's always going to be different. The thing, the thoughts that you have, right? You might know intellectually one thing. You say it was yesterday, right? And if you're not mechadish things intellectually, it's called keva. But his spiders v'regish halev la'olam chadasha. That's unbelievable. Emotions are always new. Emotions are always fresh, and therefore, even if you can't be mechadish something intellectually during daven, you want to call it not, that. It shouldn't be tefillas keva. It's telling you how to daven. It's a massive lesson to anyone that wants to learn how to daven. The idea of energy. If you energize your tefillah every single time, that's a new energy. And that's good chiddush. And that's the way you meant to daven. Every tefillah is meant to be with a chiddush. Otherwise, why do you need to daven again and again and again? Every tefillah is meant to have something new. But the amazing thing about this is it's your emotional state which is new. The way you feel is new. The passion that you put into it is new. Even if there's no new information, the fact that your heart is aflame and new is called thriller. And that, that Ba'atzam says the Balshamtov, let's finish with this, is our ikka connection to our Kodesh Baruch Hu's two words. Says Tanya. Right? The. Um, we connect Hashem primarily through words. Whether it's words of Torah, whether it's words of Tefillah, we connect Hashem through words. Tvar Hashem. But each word has deep primius to it. It's not just words. It's Hashem Kaidish. It's depth and depth and depth. Okay? So if we attach our machshava to the words, then what we draw out of that, and if you want to stay on that word, that's called Dvekas. If you become attached to the word that you're saying, that's called a matzah of Tzvekas. And if you take it, don't want to move on to the next one. Your mom is Because you're pulling out the Kedusha, you're pulling out the meaning, you're pulling out the word with passion. Every single word. Right? And that's, that's the point. Right? It's to, um, it's to kind of daven from that place. And put your own koyach into the words and feel them. And then you kind of draw, you go from, from word to word to word. You're coming into kind of the delightful and pleasurable and enjoyable experience because you know what the words mean but you're putting pe- meaning and f- meaning and passion into those words. That's what Trader Base Pilot says. It's not about screaming, it's not about shouting, it's not about singing, it's not about jumping or clapping. All of those things, if they help, you know, there are many mahalchen. I'm not saying that external movements don't have a place. They really might do. Call it, it's mostly to my enough. It's no, I know. Movement. 
Right, get into your body's natural, natural rhythm. Great. That's not called kavana. Kavana is not just like shuckling really hard, or making, you know, funny faces, or taking long over your davening. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about having an emotional experience when you stand in front of Almighty Bainishlema. Have an emotional experience and use those words to connect. Draw out the meaning of the words. See yourself in those words. You know, when you say words as a statement, you can also say, have kavana, that should be a tefillah. You can totally in the It's a praise of Hashem. Machshava, you can totally think about the chatufim, think about the hostages. Right? It's just it's then it becomes it just becomes whoa. I do it when I'm done from the omelets. You know, you can't manu- again you can't manufacture these in shabbos. And you put feeling and passion into words, and you make it contemporary. That's called Chiddush. Because wherever you are, and wherever you're at in life, you can move through it, with, uh, with it through the prism of Tfilah. Tfilah is meant to hold your hand through every single stage of every single stage in life. And the Chiddush that we can put into our davening is not just that we can learn the parish of Milas and we must and we should. Yeah, and it's really important to work on that. But equally, if not even more important, is it should never, ever stop being our Vedish belief. That's what it means to have passionate prayer. Okay? You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.